0: This is a ramble and roll, a punk rock podcast. Okay, here we are—the first episode of Ramble and Roll. Well, rather the by the, the introduction episode we're officially calling this episode zero and i think i want to go episode zero introduction to destruction just uh for the sum 41 reference absolutely why not okay yeah so this is going to serve as like a little taste of what we're trying to do here like a little something to get you hooked. hooked uh so to begin why don't we introduce ourselves Absolutely. Uh, i guess i'll yeah i guess i'll start my name is Mike F. I go by Mike F now because I'm a teacher and I don't want students finding me on the internet any easier than some of them already have. So that's why I'm going by Mike F. It uh, didn't take long. No, it did not take long at all. Uh, over to you, Scott.
1: Um, well, I guess I'm just Scott Richter and I don't have any students and don't care if anybody finds me on the internet. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So that's We a, are both that's a... from...
1: The northeastern corridor of the of North America, if you will.
0: I mean, yeah, this is stone's throw away from each other. Speaking Just of that, a stone's so-
1: throw with a closed border in between.
0: <laughs> how do a dude? How does a dude from Ottawa meet a guy from Vermont? And how do we end up hosting a podcast together? Why don't we talk a little bit about how we know each other and the evolution of our friendship? These ten, almost twelve years. It's a I think, tale as old as time uh, that we've known each other. <laughs> it's uh it's so, been a long time. That's for sure. Yeah, I do mean, do you want to start like? I, way I think back? it
1: really all starts. I, 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 mean, are we going Allentown? Are we talking?
0: No, like, well,
1: before that, how do, we we how do we get to Allentown?
0: How do we get How do we get to Allentown? We have to start there, or else nobody's going to understand what we're talking about.
1: Pos, my friend, pos. For those of the uninitiated, that would be Punk Oy Ska, which is a now defunct website.
0: Yeah, it's not a piece of shit, Punk and, Oy Ska. Uh,
1: um, no, those are that's just what people call us.
0: <laughs> yes, we we are the POS. Is. <laughs> uh should we tell them what kind of site Punk Oy Ska was? Well Or
1: you know, it's all in the name. So obviously it was uh centered on punk music and the subgenres within that. Uh And you could uh, you you had access, we'll say, to all sorts of music, and you could listen to pretty much anything you could find on there, Um, because you had people from all over the world. I think at its peak, it was twenty thousand members, give or take.
0: Yeah, it was big. Um, It was Uh, it was large.
1: Um, I don't think it ever got to be as big as uh, one of the other ones, but it was definitely it's
0: definitely up there. Yeah,
1: and Um, uh, yeah, we after you, sir.
0: What year? Did you join that website? Do you remember?
1: Oh God, um, I really have to think about that. I want to say I was definitely still in high school at that time. Um, so maybe two thousand and six, two thousand and five. I'm not Damn. sure which. So a couple years, Somewhere before along me. those lines. Because I I was there very early, um, and
0: I, yeah, I. I, I Sorry, speaking over you. I was going to say I didn't join until like 2007 and I didn't start talking in the forums till like 2009. Up to that point, I was just like, I was acquiring music uh, through the means provided by the site. And, uh, but yeah, like around 2009, I I really started posting and like uh, you were posting like a lot of like Dropkick Murphy's like bootleg videos from like way back in the day that you got through like... VHS and whatever I guess you were trading tapes yeah. at that time.
1: Yeah, right? absolutely. I used to have a, an Angel Fire website and everything. It's probably <laughs> still active. That's terrifying to think about. Yeah.
0: So that's that was I think that was our bonding. Um, we bonded over our love of Dropkick Murphys, I would say. Yeah, I think that
1: I I think that's where it all begins. I I think that's really the the core of it. Um and we were, you know, of similar age. We were from Yes. A similar area we were uh you know beyond dropkick murphy's there were other bands we were both very into and uh just the, the the friendship just made sense from the get-go i feel like
0: yeah like i don't even remember i just remember like one day like seeing your name pop up on facebook and being like oh that's the guy from punk Rock Scott. i should add him he's cool because like yeah we both had like the same exact right because we used to have a
1: facebook group i think
0: yeah right i think we did yeah and like yeah, because that's where I found – I found you and Chris, our other good friend, at like the same time on Facebook. I just added both of you because you were both like the other two huge Dropkick Murphys fans. And we would like post about Dropkick Murphys on Punkway Scott right. to the point where people were mad at us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we got we got a lot of shit for that. We definitely did. Um, mm-hmm. But, so you know, uh, and our, then I, our friendship moved off of that.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, I don't remember – even how it came up, I just happened to be going. I happened to be in Philadelphia around the time the Boston's were playing, but I had to go home before their Philadelphia show. So you like were like, you should come to the Allentown show. So I was like, okay, I guess I'm gonna go drive two hours to All- get my dad to drive me two hours to Allentown, Pennsylvania. So like, right. go see the Boston's <laughs> and meet this dude off the internet who I've never met before,
1: with Teenage Bottle Rocket and the Flatliners, yes. as I remember yes. that. Yes. I can and
0: never escape the Flatliners. I remember I've seen deciding them probably fifty times.
1: <laughs> well, you know, there's there's a few bands that are like that, I think. Uh <laughs> that are that are just tough to get away from and we don't need to name any names. I know Daniel knows no, what this we're talking a, about.
0: This is a nice podcast. We're gonna keep things nice. I I should have I should clarify, I I I like the Flatliners, so it wasn't really a bad thing. It just like being from my area, oh, you end up seeing them like all the time.
1: Right. I mean, back then, they were on Cavalcade. Uh, like, that was the record they were touring. Mm-hmm. And that was a that's a great record. I mean. But, uh, yeah. yeah, and I remember meeting you at Allentown. And then we did not see each other for two years. Because I, I think, true. if I remember correctly,
0: because I don't think we saw each other again until the Bruisers. No, what happened was, uh, yeah, it was kind of weird. Like, I remember going to the show and, like, no offense, but, like, from your pictures, I thought you were, like, a six-foot-tall dude. So, the whole night, I am looking for this, like, six-foot-tall, bald guy. And, like, I like I don't see anybody that, like, matches that description around. And, like, I think I saw you, like, before the show. If I didn't register, it was you. And then, like, later, I saw you again. I was like, that must be Scott. So, like, I finally found you. And, like, we hung out after the show. But, yeah, like like no offense i was like i was like expecting somebody like i don't know why like from the pictures you had on facebook for some reason i thought you were like six feet tall i don't know that's that's incredible i'm definitely not (laughs) yeah yeah Um, so this whole time and and chances are
1: like if you're looking for a guy with a shaved head i was probably wearing a hat too so yeah yeah yeah.
0: (laughs) i I wasn't accustomed to your uh, uh attire yet your um your abs hat with Pinkerton thugs. Oh, the fact that I
1: – I was going to say True. that I only own one, one shirt, one <laughs> pair of shorts, and one hat.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's it. That's, so, all. That's
1: all you get from yeah.
0: me. Yeah, so we go from Punkoy Ska, we go to meeting at the Boston show in Allentown, and then we don't see each other for two years until 2,000 tons of TNT. I think the year before, I went to a Dropkick Murphy show at uh, Tasangas Arena in Lowell. But like you didn't go to that one or something, so we didn't meet. We didn't see each that other. That was one. That, yeah, I remember that was one. I couldn't. I couldn't make, and because
1: mm-hmm. uh, I think that was the year that um, that Bruce played with the band. Yes, and it was. I, I, I could like only make that day or something like that <laughs> that year. So that was the only. Those were the yeah, only shows so, I was at, and I, mean, yeah, I so guess like, that that kind of worked out in its own way,
0: but it did because you got to see Springsteen, and I got to see Dropkick play an arena so (laughs) but it's still a fun show um
1: yeah i mean it's it's unfortunate that you couldn't have joined me that evening
0: yes no yes
1: um but then you fast forward to what could be you know oh god one of the best weekends that i've i've you know ever
0: had uh yeah the the best and worst weekends all
1: of the negative things yeah you know the the positives i think outweigh the negatives that weekend oh
0: 100 yeah so for those who don't know in two thousand twelve, we went to uh, a festival called Two Thousand Tons of TNT in uh, Hartford, Connecticut. Scenic, beautiful Hartford, Connecticut. Yes. And we, and, uh,
1: you know, TNT was like a, a short-lived show. I mean, it was a short-lived festival, It was only like three years that that happened, and mm-hmm. the lineups that the Pete Morsey was pulling were just absurd. Yeah. Yes. Oh, absolutely. That year was absolutely phenomenal from start to finish. Yeah, I mean so, the first night of that was Stars and Stripes in the Bruisers. I mean with Forced mm-hmm, Reality. And it's like, mm-hmm. where do you go from there?
0: Uh you go to getting robbed at gunpoint is where you go from there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so besides that, you know, yeah, very we, Square we were, living we in were, for me forever. We were hanging around after the show waiting for a cab, and a fellow asked Scott for some weed, and Scott said a hundred bucks. And instead of pulling out a hundred bucks, the fellow pulled out a gun. <laughs> and stuck it in the stomach of another friend of ours from Texas and and Good said boy. the immortal words run your pockets and a legend was born run your pockets and the thing uh,
1: that i always forget about that night is it was one of, it was one of the guys we were with it was Gil's 21st birthday it was what i don't wait to have forget a that
0: yeah, so i, I think mean, that really cemented you can't our really friendship Hartford. Though that experience and you know, all we got oh, to see like, one of our yep. favorite bands play live and then we got well i didn't actually get robbed i don't did you get robbed i think only the dudes from texas were actually had no stuff i didn't taken get robbed them. either yeah yeah so like the yeah, three we, dudes from we, texas had like their phones and wallets taken from them i think like i can't remember how it worked out I, but i didn't yeah. have anything taken from me i just remember thinking if this dude gets to me all i have left is canadian money right now he's gonna shoot me because I have this monopoly money and don't have well, anything that's better to than them. Canadian Tire money. <laughs> Just a little bit. So, that's yeah. Better. But I think that, like, whole experience, like, really cemented our friendship. And, like, after that, like, fuck. Like, we hung out, like, a lot for the next, like, three or four years. Oh, like, yeah. Going we, to shows. We did a lot in that time. Like, at least a few times a year we, we would see lot. each other. I
1: mean. And then, like. Absolutely. And I
0: think that's the. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say, and then the pandemic hit. And now, like we don't see each other ever, except virtually. Right now, we don't see anybody ever.
1: Just go true, to work and come true, home. True, but you know, light at the end of the tunnel. Hopefully, we will, you know, be able to do something at some point in the relative near future, at least um, one day. Because man, those those few years, like I. Can very very fondly look back on a lot of things and a lot of the experiences and a lot of the people that I met along the way, and I think that <laughs> that really starts with you and Chris. You know what I mean? Oh I, yeah, it does. Let's do quick top five top five shows we've seen together. Oh God! I mean, we're going Cox Bar May two thousand twelve. Yes, that's your number one. Number one. one. I, I agree. I, I have to. I have to. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Cox Bar in Boston that night was unbelievable. Uh, everything about it, uh, something about oh, it was people wanting to mug us, because uh, <laughs> the gentleman with the machete that evening. Uh, <laughs> I still have this, like right on
0: my desk. <laughs> oh, there it is.
1: <laughs> I I haven't seen mine in a little bit, but I'm sure it's uh, somewhere in my house. But Hague's
0: in a place uh, of honor.
1: That night, absolutely, as it should. I'm mm-hmm. I'm doing a poor job with mine. You know. Remember that um, fucking.
0: Oh, I don't want to swear because I don't know. Okay, it doesn't matter. Remember that uh, that dude, that, like that random cab that tried to pick us up that wasn't a real cab, and then like some other real cab came and like oh yelled God. at him and like told him to
1: get lost and was yeah was like no, don't get in that cab. Yeah, <laughs> not I was get like, in that cab. Yeah. Some and, like illegal taxi. And like kids at that show had had like flipped a police car or a cab or something afterwards. Yeah, like, we miss that because we were know. too cool. We were, we were still inside. inside
0: hanging out with the band right so we missed that right which was I,
1: I makes me want to flip do, do a not though. believe
0: that no i, I think they're totally just, just like rocking as well. it or something trying to flip it right, right. I, think. I we we will never know I <laughs> we mean, won't because we, we were inside will never ever with know. the band uh, okay <laughs> number two what's number two on the list of shows Oof. we've
1: seen together this this one's you. I answered the first one a little too fast, I think. So you okay? I'm pick putting this
0: Lansdowne one. Pub, Dropkick Murphys with like 300 people doing Do or Die and sing loud, sing and crowd on the back because I didn't get to see the, Do, the Gangs All the Here Four. show. Yeah, I didn't get to see the Gangs All Here show or the first Do or Die show at Brighton, but I did get to see them playing on like a six-inch stage with you and Chris and all our other friends at the Lansdowne Pub. That was pretty I, awesome.
1: I think that was the best one of the bunch out of those, out of the ones you've named there. I think because that it was that pure was certainly chaos? Highlight. Oh yeah. It was, yeah, chaos. There was just, it, there, there were no rules. I mean, <laughs> the, there was, no, there was no nothing. They no, just like, played on the floor. They played two full sets. Like they did not just, just play sing loud, sing proud and do or die. Like
0: no, they, they opened the show with independence
1: time. day and I was mm-hmm. turned into a meme. You know what I mean? <laughs> you like, were.
0: Yeah. So like, So that's number two. So we got (laughs) Coxpire in Boston, or Coxpire in Boston, (laughs) Dropkick Murphys in Boston. Uh, What would you put at number three? Number three. I'm probably going to go with the Bruisers
1: that night. Uh, I think that's reasonable. If I could lump that whole weekend in as one, Mm -hmm. I probably would. But you don't remember Saturday. No. And
0: uh, uh, so we don't... don't have
1: to talk about that. And,
0: I remember the and four Sunday,
1: um, that's unfortunate. I'm sorry. <laughs> Nobody should remember Four <laughs> Um, But I think like the, the last band of that weekend that I remember being on the stage was Infra Riot. And that was a band that at that point, I don't think I'd heard for five years, mm-hmm. maybe more. And they were fantastic. They were phenomenal. They really put like a rap on that whole weekend for me. And yeah, so- you throw in everything in between, and you throw in the hotel and everything, and all the guys being there on Friday night, and uh, that was a that was a good time all around. I don't think you yeah, could really th- beat that. Th-
0: save no, for I think we if can- they were
1: real Philly Cheese days.
0: yes, I think we can count number three as as TNT as one whole for number three. I think that's fair. All right, I think that's okay. Good, that works for me. So number four, four, this is tough. This is tough. I might throw a curveball in here just to... uh, Uh Uh-oh. I'm going to say Ottawa. 2015, I think? 2016? Oh, Legion 76? Legion 76 at House of Targ. With With Thunder uh, and Glory? With Thunder and Glory and Ironside, who I think we're still going by the name Honor Guard at that time. I think that was their first they show. They were definitely still Honor Guard with, uh, the, with
1: the moose and the uh, the hockey yeah. stick on it on the yes. T-shirt. That was great.
0: Um, <laughs> so not only is Legion 76 like the best OI band going right now, uh, and Thunder and Glory is up there too. Uh, Ironsides are a pretty sweet band. They're my friends, so I got to shout them out. Uh, but I missed this. You got bottled by a, a skinhead from Gatineau after... Yeah, You don't have small, to get into the details, but there was a scuffle, a disagreement, of the, name of the Budweiser. <laughs> yeah, and I remember coming and the walking by the from house at my- Dark bought me a bunch of shots. <laughs> yeah, I remember he I was going to sue the venue. <laughs> <laughs> I remember like a friend of mine, her brother, like lived like right across the street, and I had gone over to like say goodbye to them because like she was going back to Montreal or something, and then walking back. And like Mike Puzziak comes out and he's like, yo, you got to go see Scott. <laughs> and Then I go in and like, he's got like a bloody head and like sitting at the bar. Like what happened? Like I got bottled. Like, okay. Or glass. Was it a glass or a bottle? I don't know.
1: Um, it was a bottle of Budweiser as I remember it. Damn. Um, and I remember <laughs> driving home the next day and yes, getting to the border with a huge gash in this side of my head. <laughs> and, uh, the the border patrol, uh, you know, agent to get back into the U.S. was kind of like, what in the absolute hell happened to you? <laughs> like, what were you doing in Canada that you have a large gash <laughs> untreated, like still openly bleeding on the side of your head?
0: <laughs> anyway, and I explained
1: explain to him that I had been at a bar and gotten hit in the head with a bottle and... And he he was just – he had no idea how to handle that. He was just like, all right, whatever, (laughs) go home. I would be like, yeah. (laughs) this it was one of the fastest times I've ever gotten through the border.
0: Do that every time, man. Just like, yeah, got to go.
1: Yeah, just cut your head open. If you need to get through the border quickly, that's how you do it. That's the the way. That's a one-way ticket.
0: So I leave number five to you. Okay, I'm gonna throw another curveball
1: at you. Auto again. And I'm gonna say it's gonna be the last scaly cap rat show that Tui and okay. I came up to.
0: Okay, that was a great time. I had a I had a wonderful time that night. I think that was just that was just a fun night.
1: And I think um you know, I, I wanna leave the listener at the mercy of it just being, you know, Cox Bar, the Bruisers, and then three dropkick Murphy shows. So
0: <laughs> Yeah. Um <laughs> There's a lot of things we can't go into detail about that night, but um, that was a great show. I forget who played with us. Uh, Pistols at Dawn and another Um, band, but I think it was, I don't want to name the other band because there's a member of it that is not a good person. Uh, (laughs) But um, (laughs) the uh, you know it's a good night when the only person sober enough to drive home doesn't have a driver's license.
1: Oh man, I forgot about that part. Yes, because I forgot all about yeah. that part. That Sean, was, had to drive Sean was
0: sober at that time, and I thought he had a license. He so was. I was like, Sean, can you drive? And I, then, you
1: know, he asked me to buy my Subaru so often that I don't think it ever crossed my mind that he wouldn't right. have a license. Right, yeah. So, because he was always saying, Oh, dude, I'll buy your Subaru from you. Okay, like, all right, so this guy must drive. But no,
0: exactly. No, he does not. <laughs> he does now, I think. But I, I, I think he was I, learning. I believe at the time. he does, but we're uh, getting his license at the
1: same time. Something? Who knows, you know, and, anyway, and thankfully, you know, it wasn't a standard car, so we lucked out on that.
0: Because <laughs> then I don't, I don't know if we would have gotten home that night. No, we would not have. We're getting a little off track though. So that's our top five shows we've seen together. A little bit now, you guys know what our friendship has been like and how we're lucky to be alive and not dead in a ditch somewhere (laughs) or, you know, murdered in a bar by a skinhead from Gatineau.
1: Uh, Or at least you didn't like get on a ferry that sank that one time. (laughs) But again, again, I digress.
0: So yeah, we survived, we survived getting robbed. We survived bar fights. We survived sketchy border crossings and, a whole bunch of other stuff that we haven't even mentioned to get to this point during a global pandemic. And we decided it was time to do a punk rock podcast. So that's how we got here. Uh, we don't know exactly what we're going to do with it. We know we're going to have fun. Um, I think you can expect to see lots of guests and in interviews. I think that's one thing we for sure want to do a lot of. And we, have some, we have some fun stuff in the works. Uh, maybe some in-depth discussions we definitely
1: have things lined up here.
0: Yeah. Uh, I don't want to want to say anything yet just in case like they fall through. But we have some pretty cool guests. Oh, well, I don't, don't either. For the uh first. There's, there's few definitely episodes. a couple of
1: things coming down the pipeline that'll be mm. that'll be pretty good. And I think the longer yeah. or the more that we do this, we will find a stride where it'll, mm-hmm. you know, we will be able to be we'll we'll be we'll be good at this, people. We'll be good yeah, at we'll
0: this. Yeah, we'll get we'll get our <laughs> we'll get into our groove and we'll be no looking back. But I like this line I wrote in the outline, so, so I want to read it verbatim so i bet I said, it's the one like, that i was just about to read uh i said uh, you can expect to see lots of guests and in interviews and some in-depth discussion on all things punk rock but like the genre things are a little nebulous and we'll see where things take us i love that word nebulous like it just like it's so evocative of, like that's punk rock right that's a
1: very good word and you you know you're like you're punk. so clearly a teacher coming off that
0: i actually tell you i'll tell you i stole that concept from swid from "Rages in the night because it was he was in like a facebook argument okay. about like what punk rock was and he was saying punk rock is nebulous and i was like oh man that's so good i gotta use that all right and no i use it all the time uh well, <laughs> so let's Swid's get right down very to a guy uh, oh he, he is a lot He's, of things uh, like that I feel speaking of guests that. we should ask him if he wants to come on he would have some stories Oh, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I so, guarantee you he would. Uh, so uh, so the, pur-
1: the purpose of this episode yes, is just for yeah. you to get to know us, really. And I think we're starting to accomplish that a little bit. We we are diving right in here. And I think now's the time um, where, you know, if you, you need a little drink, you got to take a squirt. No, <laughs> I, I, I can't do that. Jesus.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, people are not going to have any idea what the hell you're talking about. That was a reference to (laughs) Dropkick Murphys (laughs) live on St. Patrick's Day. And I'm the only person who's going to get that. Well, a few of our friends will get that. So I had a line here about the rules for this thing we're going to do. We're going to interview each other. And I thought like the rule for this interview segment could be we each take a turn asking a question and we're allowed one follow up before switching. But I don't know if we should do that or if we should just go back and forth and let the conversation flow.
1: I think we'll see. We'll have to see where this takes us because I think that what we, we what we've come up with and what we're going to post to one another can lead to some pretty uh, mm-hmm. both lengthy and uh, Girthy. answers where it's pretty easy to go off on on tangents. Yeah, oh, d- for sure.
0: We don't need. We don't even need help going off on tangents. So, okay, I'll start. I'll start the interview. <laughs> that's,
1: that's very fair. That's why "ramble" is the first word in the yes. title of this podcast. <laughs>
0: ramble is the operative term here so uh i'll start off our co-interview of each other uh i thought i'd ask a rather big question you can answer it as briefly as you want take as much time as you need but it's a two-parter what was your introduction to punk rock uh and what started you off on this journey that got us to this point your punk rock journey Boy.
1: Uh, so the brief of it is just going to be the clash. That's it. Um, my mom had a combat rock cassette buried somewhere. And I found that when I was very young and found an old cassette player and wore it out pretty quickly. Um, and that, that was I mean, combat rock is, you know, probably not, uh, the most quote unquote punk rock introduction to the clash, <laughs> but that's where it all began. And I remember I had a friend whose older brother, um, He was into a lot of the punk rock. He was like six or seven years older than us. And from there, I ended up with like, a. I I think uh, uh, the first record I got from him, I want to say was an outcome, the wolves. And then Mm. uh, a girl that I went to school with gave me fresh fruit for rotting vegetables right around the same time. And collectively, my mind was blown. Um, And I remember like diving so deep into this and so quickly and like falling absolutely like head over heels in love with the music and like the messages they're trying to put across in the songs. And, and I think the one memory that really stands out to me is I remember my, my mom's mother, my grandmother one day when I was maybe 11 or 12 years old, uh, there was a, there was an, an, uh, issue of that terrible magazine, alternative press. And it had rancid on the cover of it and, uh, mm-hmm. had an interview with Lars and my grandmother bought it and she, brought it home and she sat me down and she was like Scott do you really want to be like this and she opened up and like started showing me like the interview with Lars because she didn't believe uh, that Lars answered questions like very intelligently or whatever and he was like very open about the fact that he has you know an eighth grade education or whatever and and she was like that's what you want to aspire to and I was just like I remember sitting there and being like you know he seems to love what he's doing. He's happy with what he's doing. So, yeah, I'm pretty okay with that. Um, and I remember both my grandmother and my mother being horrified with that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, growing up at the advent of the, the Internet and everything and file sharing becoming a thing, it was very easy to hop on LimeWire or the program that I used the most was SoulSeek where you could download full albums. And I would, like, go into somebody's files and I would find all sorts of stuff depending on how they had it excuse me, organized. And I would download like a whole folder at a time. And I'd end up with, I'd end up with all sorts of weird stuff. You know, I'm, you know, you're like 13 years old and you're pulling, uh, you know, like all of a sudden you've got everything from like combat 84 coming up on your computer and like, and you've got like, you know, some, some South American band you can't even say. (laughs) Um, and like the, the band that really that like really really sealed the deal i think when i got there was you know my favorite band out there which is the toy dolls and and once i got there i think i came totally full circle because i had found like i think a lot you know there's a lot of the punk or a lot of punk rock is very serious but a lot of it and i think the true essence of it when it really comes down to it is it's all about like having fun and if you can't if you take yourself too seriously you're not going to be there and i think the toy dolls are the epitome of that within the genre
0: yeah. Man. So you got like a you got like the foundational punk rock ex- like education like right off the bat, eh, with like the Clash and Dead Kennedys and all that. And like oh, that's a it, Yeah, and if you're going to get into punk, I feel like that's a pretty good way to do it. And it's it, it not
1: a bad way to do it. That's that's yeah. for sure. Um that and at uh, you know, and the other thing like at the time, you know, with the exception, I guess, of the the Clash and the Dead Kennedys there, but like Rancid was a very active band. And, you know, know, from there, getting into more of those like Hellcat Records bands and and like, you know, getting into all the bands that are active and all the bands that you're able to go see, that's when it really cements, I think, you know, when you have the live
0: experience. Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. So your turn now to ask me, a question. Yeah, and I, I think I was going to start
1: somewhere kind of similar. <laughs> um, obviously, I'm going I'm to kind of mold two questions into one here. Um, like musically, where were you at musically before you got into like punk music?
0: Before I got into punk music, uh, I was definitely into classic rock. Like KISS was my first favorite band. I loved Kiss. I was into like ACDC, uh, Led Zeppelin. Uh, Metallica's not really classic rock, but, you know, I was into Metallica. Uh, uh, now Iron they're Vader. probably on radio stations. Yeah, yeah, they, oh, definitely. So so I was into like <laughs> kind of like classic rock, like, like Sabbath, so like a bit of metal. Um, I'm trying to think. Going back further... I remember getting Spice World on cassette uh, for a birthday gift uh, when I was like five or six.
1: <laughs> nice. Um, but I remember yeah, the like, first one I got being Abbey Road by the Beatles. That's when a lot I was better. Like
0: six. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so like lots of classic rock. Uh, I had like a little rap phase that uh, didn't last very long, thankfully. And it was mostly just like Eminem and Little Bow Wow. Uh, little Bow Wow. All right. Yeah. I had a little bow bow CD and I love that like Mike movie. Uh where he gets the <laughs> shoes and makes him like Mike. So yeah. That's what I, I was okay. That's where that's where I was at before I found punk rock. Well, thank God. <laughs> no, but I
1: mean but I mean I think you 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 know, you already had that foundation and heavier music when you got there. You know, so that made it very mm-hmm. easy for you.
0: Um I mean the second part of your question guess, says how did like you a- find it? So do you want me to talk about yeah. how I found punk rock? Yeah, Sorry, let's I'm do it. Stepping on your lines. I'm stepping yeah, on your let's, lines. Let's do that. Okay. Well that's totally fine. Let's do it. You you might already know this story because I've told it before. But so it's like grades seven or eight. I'm into I'm into well, it's a classic rock, but I started playing the Tony Hawk Pro Skater games where I had been playing the 20 Hawk Pro Skater games, but not really paying attention to the soundtracks. Uh, the 20 Hawk Pro Skater 4, I started paying attention to the soundtrack a little more. I'm like, oh, I like these bands. But then 20 Hawk Underground came out and I was like 13 or 14 when it came out, I think. I'd have to check that. Uh, but that's when I started paying attention to the names of bands on these songs. And like the one that really stuck out to me was Time to Go by Dropkick Murphys. Because I was like, oh, this is crazy. It's got, like, accordion, but it's, like, punk rock. This is kind of cool. So I went on... Yeah, it's about hockey. I'm like, yeah, man, this is kind of cool. So I went on LimeWire, and I downloaded some Dropkick Murphys songs. Uh, The first ones I got was a real weird mix. It was, like, Rocky Road to Dublin, John Law, uh... Another Sing Loud, Sing Proud song, I think. And then Drink and Fight, which is not a Dropkick Murphy song. And I soon figured that out. took me a little bit. (laughs) Of course. But I soon (laughs) figured out that Drink and Fight was not a Dropkick Murphy song. Uh, And then uh, I'm just trying to remember the chronology of this. So I started to get into more punk rock. And, like, MySpace was big at the time. Uh, So I started looking at the Dropkick Murphy's top friends. And it was, like, Agnostic Front, Bouncing Souls, Blood for Blood. Um, stuff like that. So I started looking at those bands a little bit. But then I just have, like, I have a weird mind. I don't know why I work this way. Uh, the I was like, oh, if I'm going to get into punk rock, I've been downloading all these songs from all these different bands. Um, I should really, like, go back to the start and start at the beginning. So I went, took some birthday money, I think, went to, uh, it's, it was called Music World. It doesn't exist anymore. It was a music shop similar to, like, Virgin Records or whatever. Uh, and I bought, I, I, I bought a Ramones album and I bought a Sex Pistols album, but I didn't buy like this Ramones self-titled and I didn't buy, uh, nevermind the bollocks. I bought Ramones greatest hits live and I bought Sex Pistols live and raw or something like that. Or like some, some weird, some, some live recording of the Sex Pistols. So those are, those are the two first, those are the two albums I ever bought with my own money. Those are the first two albums I ever bought with my own money and so i really got into ramones oh, not so much the sex pistols uh i would get into sex pistols a bit more later but then that's how my journey really started and i started getting into punk rock like dropkick murphy's and the ramones were two of the big ones oh one thing i forgot to mention to back up uh the reason i started paying more attention to those punk bands on the tony hawk games was probably some 41 i love the all of killer no filler album like Fat Lip was like my favorite song ever. Like so Sum Forty One was probably the band that kind of like pushed me in that punk rock direction. And then Dropkick Murphy's is the band that made me take that like dive in. You know, if you know what I mean. Like
1: I, I think that definitely makes sense is like the bridge because Sum Forty One was had so much of that like metal influence <laughs> in them, obviously. Yeah. Uh that like, you know, your your Sabbath, your heavier A C D C stuff like that. Like that's a that's a that's a nice bridge to like uh um, you know, like a way more of a punk influence, but that heavy is still there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So like,
1: so, so I think that makes, that makes a lot like, of sense, but sorry. I was gonna,
0: gonna sure. say like, I kind of had like a weird journey. Cause like all the I was kind of getting all these, I was trying all these like different things at once. And like, I really liked the Celtic stuff that Dropkick was doing. So that got me into Flogging Molly. And, uh, those are like Dropkick and Flogging Molly for a long time. were are like my two favorite bands. Dropkick still, my number one band, I would say. But, uh, yeah, and then I I met some kids from high school who were into punk too, and they were already going to shows and stuff, so I decided I was going to start trying to go to shows with them. So, like, uh, the first show I ever went to actually turned out to be Flogging Molly on the Street Dogs in Montreal. And Like, I got my parents to take me, and I, I went with my brother. But then the first ever when i got and then i started going after that i started going to like local shows with my friends so the first like smaller local show i ever went to was the subhumans uk which was awesome i still love that band and that's, then that's i that's a fun one absolutely and then i then i saw bouncing souls uh like right after that uh and then i saw crumb Bums and Lower class brats like a couple months later so those are like my three first shows so like that i think those shows kind of like like 2006 2006 2007 i think and molly was in 2006 or started 2007 yeah i didn't like it took me a couple years before i really started like going to shows and like getting more into the punk scene like at first it was mostly just listening to like dropkick and and molly and then some some ramones and some sex pistols and then once i found most friends at high school it's when i really dived into the scene Absolutely. So yeah, hmm. I believe. So is it my turn to I ask a question? It's your turn again, sir. I think so. Ooh, this is a very introspective one. Uh, very deep. What has your? Wait, no, that's yours. Never mind. I know I had a deep one in here. Uh, yeah, here's my deep one. It's an easy one. What is punk to you? Doesn't have to be a definition, but like rather what it means to you. Like what what's yeah, what does punk mean to you? Oh, Webster's dictionary
1: defines. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm just kidding here. But, but uh, I don't know. I think really, when it comes down to it, it's just it's just uh, you know just doing your own thing and not you know really worrying about it too much. I think it's you know everybody gets the the image, uh, or at least the, outside of the, the the world of it, and I think outside of the subculture, everybody gets the middle finger in the air, anarchy, fuck you, Mm -hmm. studs, braces, whatever the hell Mm -hmm. else. And I, and I don't, I don't know. Sure. That's a part of it. Whatever. It is what it is, but I, I don't know. I think more than anything, it just comes down to the, the individuality of it. And therefore I kind of believe it's kind of whatever you want it to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And for me, it's, you know, it's, it's something in my life. Like, you know, it, the music played a big part in my life. It got me to, you know, it it got most of the friendships that I carry over to this day. You know, they're not people from school. They're not people from anywhere else. They're they're people that I've either met at shows or or met weirdly. You know, because uh, you know, this wasn't even a thing twenty five years ago. Obviously, like meeting through the internet, mm-hmm. like things that earlier generations didn't have an option to do. But I think that's really what it is more than anything else. I, I think in the end it becomes, I don't know, just kind of like becomes your, your family in a way. Um, Definitely. Dude. I Definitely. guess that's kind of off track there a little bit, but I no, think it's I think more the individuality of it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's kind of where I was expecting you to go with it. Like one thing for me, I always make, make the joke. Like, I don't know what punk is, but like, I'll know it when I see it. It's like kind of one of those things it's like hard to define. And like, I feel like a lot of people, even within the scene, kind of make the mistake of thinking, oh, punk is just me doing whatever I want and, like, fuck everybody else. But I think it's, like, a bit more complicated than that. It's more about, like, doing what, being true to yourself in the face of the status quo and, like, no matter what, like, the so-called normal society or whatever would say, or, like, right? Like, what's that? There's that like, far from finish line. I'd be a shitty punk if I, like, cared what other people said about me or something. Oh, yeah. I, I um, can't remember. What is
1: it? It's, uh what kind of punk would I be if I took shit for being me from yeah, Roses yeah. and so, Razorblades? Is that what you're looking for?
0: Yes, yes. That's what I was looking for. I was listening to that today. But, um yeah, so I just think, like, yeah, it's about being yourself. But I think it's more, like, it, it's not just about being yourself because, like, the frat guy who goes out and, like, roofies a girl and is, like, a racist misogynist, he's just being himself and doing what he wants. Like, but he's not punk rock. But, like, it's complicated, right? Right. <laughs> but there is Absolutely. that aspect of it where, like, it's being true to yourself, but, like, living your truth, even though, like, people might look down on you, like, for, you know, just for, like, like your story about what your grandma and your mom did with the magazine. Like, do you really want to be, like, Lars projects right. And like, but that spoke to you. You're like, yes, right. I do. Oh, I do want to be like Lars Fredrickson. So, yeah, it's like going back to that thing. It's nebulous, right? And like, it's hard to define. And but like, it's a lot easier to come <laughs> up with like a a personal definition than it is to like something to define the whole genre.
1: Absolutely, and it and it goes so far beyond you know the music. There's such a subculture attached to it, um, yes, and. And I, you know, there's there's certainly like when you put yourself at a punk show, there's you know there's all different types of people there. There always are, Um, but like, you know, you, I'm trying to think of the right way to say this here. Um, You know, there's just this like weird. I think I think like being at a Cox Bar show pretty much puts it together the best because they're the band that basically I think does it the best because. You're you're at one of their shows and and there's every subculture within the the punk rock, excuse me, within the punk rock, uh, you know, dictionary rule book, whatever you want to. <laughs> everybody's there and everybody is, everybody's singing along. It's like there's not a there's not a quiet person in the house at one of their shows. You know, and and it, it's it's yeah. like a big family, I guess. I don't I, I don't know. There's yeah, like a like camaraderie a, there.
0: Yeah. Exactly. It's like a camaraderie. It's like a communal and experience. Think, right.
1: Um, and I think going into that, like, you know, you you learn a lot through that. And so with that, I kind of want to follow up with what has your experience with punk music like taught you What, or the culture or however you want to look at it
0: right now? Oh, boy. What has it taught me? Uh... Man, that is a big question. I feel like it's taught me a lot. Not all of it good. (laughs) Um, But um, I think getting into punk rock really changed my perspective on the world. I was probably, in some ways, a more judgmental person before getting into punk rock. And in some ways, I was also... uh, don't know how to phrase it really but like uh i guess i don't know how to i'm trying don't, i don't even know what i'm trying to get at but i was it definitely changed my perspective <laughs> on the world it it opened me up to a whole slew of new perspectives like i'm a kid i grew up in the who grew up in the country in like a very rural setting and always kind of felt out of place like i never felt like i really belonged anywhere but it kind of took punk rock to like get me out of or to like expose me to other people and other views of the world that I was kind of closed off to before I guess and like uh, broaden my horizons politically and socially Uh, because like it's hard it's, it's easy to be hard on yourself especially when you're going back to when you're like 12 13 14 years old but like I didn't have a good attitude about a lot of things at that time. And I like, uh, towards like people who were different. And I think a lot of it was like self-loathing. Like I wanted to fit in. So I thought if I like hated on people who didn't fit in, I would start to fit in. So like, right. That, but, but punk is what made me really finally just be like, I need to accept myself for who I am. I'm a weird kind of outcast loner kid. And that's fine. Cause there's, look, at there's, there's dozens, hundreds, thousands of us all over the world and they all started bands. So like, you know what, I don't need to keep trying to do this thing where like I fit in with people who I don't really like. I think, I think, yeah, I think punk like finally gave me the courage to be myself for better or worse. I, I think that's totally reasonable,
1: especially for, for both of us. Like, cause I, I know we, we grew up in a similar way, uh, in the sense that both of us were very, uh, you know, we played a lot of hockey growing up and that doesn't necessarily expose you to the the cream of the crop of humanity, I feel like.
0: Yes. And always family influences and like, just like the people you're around all the time might not necessarily have the most enlightened view of LGBT Absolutely. people or people of color. So it just becomes, yeah, like, I don't think I was ever like I'm not saying I was ever, like, super homophobic or racist in any way. I never was. I'm just saying that, like, there's those baked-in attitudes of, like, they come along with, like, growing up in, like, an insulated community where, like, you don't realize you kind of have harbored these prejudices, like, of no fault of your own, just, like, through the environment you grew up in. Like, one example, I would always make those stupid jokes about, like, oh, I don't care if people are gay as long as they don't hit on me. Like, that's something I said all the time when I was, like, 13. Right, right, right. And I thought I was being super enlightened. And looking back now, it's like, you're just an idiot. Like, <laughs> But right. I think punk, like, in its right. vast array of, like, different political views and different social causes, like, it made me a better person in that regard. And it also, at the same time, realized I'm just kind of leeching onto the attitudes of people around me in order to try and fit in with them. And that's not what I should be doing. I should just be myself. Right. It's
1: better to step away. and mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. It's better to step out of the way and decide that, you know, I need to form my own opinions and have my own views on things, because yes, that's how you get trapped and stuck somewhere you don't need to be. Yeah. Okay, that so I'm looking at my questions. You good, sir.
0: And I kind of want to skip a couple, because we kind of already went over them. Like, we already kind of... Okay. Like, we kind of already did the, like, if you could relive any show thing when we did like our top five uh, shows we've been to together. So I feel like retreading that ground might be not worth the time. I don't know. Um, Yeah. This is a quick one though. I can just ask you like, what's the last? like kind of sad considering the pandemic and the fact that shows haven't happened for a long time, but what was the last show you actually got to attend before the shutdown? Well, uh,
1: funnily enough it was a show you were at with me um it's gonna be the bruisers in providence when uh oh wow when we it was me you and dj and and, uh, chris and alex, alex was there and and chris was there yeah and uh and i got in a car accident driving to providence and we went to the casino and you know all sorts yep. of stuff that weekend <laughs> yet again and uh that was a day but uh <laughs> That, that that was a day for sure. Um, you know, kids, you shouldn't call the cops to the scene of an accident when your license is suspended. Just for the record. And, any listeners for the out record, there, I advise against that.
0: You didn't do that. The person who was involved in the collision with us
1: did that. Yeah. Yeah, the, per- <laughs> the, the person whose license was suspended called the police. And, and we got I to just... leave quickly. <laughs> yeah. And go eat hot dog and go eat hot dogs next to Rob Lind, uh, but, and they had to stay at the scene of the accident for God knows how long. <laughs>
0: uh, I always I remember making the joke because like I stopped drinking I was I'm not drinking anymore DJ's not drinking you were sober that night like I think we were all sober and we still managed to somehow get into some ridiculous bullshit at a show. But, so that's, that's a good last show to go, to go to, do, right? I just feel like like that night was it's a that's from story course. that's a whole night there's a whole story unto itself so that's a good night to have as your last show i feel like I they all
1: are in the end i i feel like almost every time we get together whatever happens could be a pretty good story
0: <laughs> yeah my last show was uh anti-flag and grade two at a place called I was uh, the 27 su- club in ottawa and I didn't even stay. I was for supposed Antiflag. to see that tour. Oh yeah, because yeah, that was the only show of that They're tour that actually band. happened. Yeah, like I, I, I made a huge mistake because if I had not known I wasn't gonna be able to go to a show for like almost two years, I would have stayed for Anti Flag. But I was recovering from an illness and I was right. tired, and <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna go home and sleep. I really just wanted to see Grade Two, so I saw Grade Two, and I was like, okay, that's it. I'm going home to bed. I got to be up for work tomorrow. And. Then, the next day, their whole tour was canceled. Like everything shut down all of a sudden. Like it was just like, oh, damn. And that was the only show on that tour yeah, the, they played. The first show. So, like, yeah, Antti the first flag. show that got canceled here was yeah. that tour. So, like, I assume, do those guys even live in Pittsburgh anymore? Or do they live in like California? Where do they live? Who,
1: know? who knows, man? You, you, who knows? Because, like, I feel like
0: musicians end up all over the place.
1: You know, like Jake Burns lives in Chicago.
0: Yeah. So like, yeah. So those anti-flag guys, (laughs) they drove up from wherever, Pittsburgh, California, to Ottawa. The grade two guys flew from the Isle of Wight to Ottawa to start this big tour that never happened. They played one show. (laughs) So they played one show, and then the whole tour got canceled because of the pandemic.
1: Yeah, that that weekend here, we were supposed to have three shows that I was going to go to, and all three of them got canceled. So, <laughs> you know, hopefully, back on the other end there, um, you know, uh, hope maybe we'll get them back on the other end of this, but who knows? Um, <laughs> but I think if if you could give somebody like with zero foundation in punk rock and like just no, they they'd had no you know prior interest, no prior exposure. If you could put three records in front of them, what three records would you choose to do?
0: Three records to get somebody yeah. into punk rock? Three. Yeah. Three. 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 I'm just, just buying three. time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. My number one, I had to think about for a second because I was going back and forth. Ramon's Self-Titled. I was thinking Rocket to Russia because I think it's a better album, but I chose Self-Titled simply for the fact that those first chords, the Blitzkrieg bop, can be life-changing. And that's like the power. I, actually, oh, I don't know anymore, though, because that song is all over the place. No, I'm still going with Ramone's Self-Titled, I think. Okay. Yeah, so number one, Ramon's Self-Titled. Or... Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Number one, Ramon Self-Titled, In the Bank. Number two, don't even have to think about it, Shock Troops, Coxfire, that's going in there. This is already a bad Absolutely, list because like, I'm think already thinking good. about like 50 other albums that could go in here.
1: Uh, I know, that's that's why three is a top number, but that's specifically why I went with three. Number three,
0: Clash Self-Titled, I think.
1: I think that's I think that's a
0: reasonable choice as well. I'm sticking with it because it's like it's it's like how do you choose? Five would have been a lot more manageable. I I agree. Even that would have been harder. We
1: we have approximately one crossover album, and it's Shock Troops. Okay, yeah. Give me your three then. Shock Troops. What are the other two? Shock shock Troops. Little Fingers. Nobody's Heroes. Hundred percent. And then um, my third one, I think I'd have to go like a little more recent. I'd have to, you know, give it a little bit of recency bias here Um, and jump up. Oh, God, I don't know. See, now I'm I'm in trouble. Uh, I don't know. Shock Troops, nobody's heroes. And I feel like I'd go the total other direction and I'd give somebody who had no idea what was going on, I would give them anti-nowhere league, we are the league.
0: Damn, that's the one out of left field. Man, yes. so many albums. Like, but I think that, through... that was it. Oh, damn it. Sorry. Yeah, there's another one that would have been great to put on there. <laughs> but yeah, like... Which one? Going through my head. Well, there's so many going through my head. Like, the one that just popped into my head that I should have said, I do know. now I'm even second-guessing that, is Out of Step by Minor Threat, just to get, like, the hardcore in oh, there.
1: Yeah, see... I I yeah complete discography. I remember getting that or CD complete when I was discography thirteen yeah. and that
0: just, or like oh, fresh fruit for rotten that vegetables. Uh, like like what like you, like London Calling. You could put like the first three Ramones albums like uh, like even never the bollocks. Like as much as I don't really enjoy the Sex Pistols as much as I used to, that's still a foundational album. Um, or oh, what about Damn Damn powerful. Damn?
1: Like. They, Oh, Jesus. All right. Machine gun damn, etiquette. Damn, damn like, is another good one. I, like, there's just so many. Right. I could have said it just as easily said
0: inflammable material. Right. right. Yeah. Like, I was even thinking do or die for like classic 90s, like street punk. I almost, I almost said do or just... die. And I also almost
1: said, um, <laughs> uh, I, almost, I also almost said, that's right. Don't tread on me.
0: Ooh. So, lots of possibilities. If you're out there, never listened to punk rock before, just take that, like, Clip there and just go listen to all those albums. What the hell are you doing here? Yeah, no, I'm just. But, or, yeah. but <laughs> okay, but if you uh, if you
1: need something to listen to, I think those are all great places to start.
0: Okay, this one's a bit easier because it's personal preference, semi-related. Okay, so to give the uh, people an idea of your taste and what sort of thing you're into, first give me your top five bands, and then give me your top five favorite albums.
1: Five bands, very easy here. We're gonna to go Toy Dolls, Stiff Little Fingers, Cox Bar. See, and the last two is where it gets very, uh, very tricky oh. for me, and I think the lat, like the last two, kind of change really frequently. But I think just for the longevity of where they've, how they've been there for me, always I'm, I, I have to put Dropkick there, and I think my fifth one uh, over the last like three or four years, I think the band I've listened to more than any other. Is the Suicide Machines.
0: Ooh, interesting. That's a band I've never really gotten into a lot. Can I just say though that I'm shocked that the 737, the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, didn't make that list? I,
1: you know, I I find myself having grown pretty distant from the Boss Tones at this point in my life. Like I when they I've listened to them actually more in the last month than I think I have in the last like two or three years. Well, like uh, they've definitely started making a little bit of a regular Appearance in my rotation because I bought uh, an original pressing of Devil's Night Out at a record shop here not that Ooh. long ago.
0: And that's a nice, that's a nice, I've had purchase. that on
1: quite a bit. Um,
0: okay, but so as you far as your... albums go, yeah,
1: um, well, I think I'd have a really tough time like narrowing this for uh, actually, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm gonna do this Kings of Nothing fight songs um mm, great album i don't know if that, that's not number one but uh that record is just they they're so unique and so frenetic and they're just everywhere and the the energy is like nothing else r.i.p Tor, uh the piece of shit guitarist who's in jail or whatever fuck <laughs> I you i did not know
0: that still
1: uh yeah he yeah, had like child porn or something uh um, oh god so many winners in but, the punk scene these days uh, Seriously, but uh, that that album is just unbelievable. Um, I think I for you know, Do or Die really did it for me. Still does do it for me. So I think I have to have that there. Um, shock Troops to carry over from my my three albums. Um, destruction by definition by the Suicide Machines, and uh, and I think I'm kind of probably somewhere between um, Fuck the 90s, Here's Our Noise. Ooh. Yes. And uh, and that that's definitely there for me from Oxymoron. And I think, I, I guess that's five, so I'll stop myself there.
0: That was five? It's <laughs> <laughs> a pretty good list. I, I don't so. want to give you mine now, though, even though that's not how this is supposed to work. Let's do it.
1: Let's hear it. <laughs> okay that's okay. So we I'll, can we can change it up this is we make the rules here
0: it's true uh i'm gonna go with my gut and i'm gonna try to stick to punk because if i start bringing in other and punk related genres if i start bringing in other stuff it's gonna get messy like honestly with the amount of times i've listened to it since the pandemic started i could put live at the Fillmore east by the allman brothers in my top five if i really wanted to but um i'll start Whoa. with top five bands Lefty. Yeah, I've been I've been like on a heavy south Southern rock like uh, binge since the pandemic started, like like ZZ Top, Almond Brothers, uh, Leonard Skinner, like just like uh, the band, and I, I have no idea why, but I've just been like super on a heavy deep dive into that stuff. But that's not what we're here All for. Right. Here for punk rock. Um, so my top five bands. Gonna go with my gut. Gonna start with the three Ds. The Holy Trinity of the mid '90s Boston punk scene: Dropkick Murphy's, Darkbuster, and Ducky Boys. I have to put them in there. Wow, Those all are three.
1: of My f- all three in the five favorites.
0: Oh all yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. To me, Darkbuster is uh, on the same level of the Ramones for that like uncouth, snot-nosed, idiotic but genius. Lyric writing, like mm-hmm. I, like, especially that eight, the first album. So I have to have them in there. And speaking it's of the Ramones, yeah. Speaking of the Ramones, they're my number four. This is where it gets tricky. There's a lot of bands that could be in the number five. Well, what are we thinking here? What direction are we going to so go? So many bands. I'm thinking so many bands. For the, I think I'm going to go on time spent listening and say Minor Threat. Okay. I think, yes. That's right now. That could change I tomorrow. That, I think that... Uh, yep. Something I'm thinking it could be Coxpire. It should be Coxpire. I don't know. Switch Coxpire and Minor Threat <laughs> any day of the week and put them in there. Very different sounds, but very awesome yeah. sounds for sure. So those are my five bands, my five albums. Do or Die by Dropkick Murphys. Uh... Rocket to Russia by the Ramones. Um. Try to think. I guess I could put. I'm going to throw something like out of like left field. Nah. I don't know if I'd put that in my top five. This is hard, man. Like you don't realize how hard it is until you actually have to sit down and do it. Uh. Looking at my records. Okay, I'm gonna put all killer no filler in there just because if we're going by time listened, I spend I, I still spend a lot of time listening to all killer no filler. Uh, <laughs> shock troops. Did I say shock troops yet? No.
1: I don't. No, you did not. I mean, okay, so we both shock, said shock troops quite a bit. So.
0: So shock troops is four. <laughs> Number five. I'm gonna go with. Oh, boy. It's when you get to the fifth spot, and you're like, there's only one left. What do I choose? Who do I leave out? Uh, Right. It's such a good album, and honestly, I slept on this band for so long until recently. Uh, It's a crime, but this album has quickly become one of my favorite albums, and that's Damn, Damn, Damned. Like I slept on the damn for so long, all right. And like I just like right now, at least it's in my top five. So there, that's my well, top I mean, five I just bands. the way that
1: that album kicks off, you know, you yes. get that get that baseline, getting into neat, 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 and <laughs> and you're going. I thought on about a trip Machine Gun right Etiquette
0: for a second, but I think Damn, Damn, Damn does I listen to more. So okay, so is so it my enough. turn to ask you a question? Then we both done our top five albums I believe and bands. So. Yes oh wait no that was my question to you so it's your turn to ask me a question oh geez all right well
1: i think i'm gonna skip ahead a little bit here and i'm you know given the state of the world around us you know we obviously covid we're in the middle of a pandemic none of us have done you know we've not been to shows we've not really done much in the last year um you know and the, the world around us obviously uh you know where where i'm at we've had a little bit of a political turmoil to put it mildly and you know there's there's <laughs> things happening happening all over the world right now uh and i just want your kind of opinion on this do you think that coming out on the other end of this like do you think it's going to lead us to something of like a like a punk renaissance if you will uh you know i think in the last few years like a lot of i don't want to say things have gotten stale because there's certainly absolutely fantastic and absolutely phenomenal bands out there that are that are um, that are just doing great things. But it, I, I think it's on a very uh, it's it's on a very like small time level. You know, you're not you're not seeing any bands just like uh, not not that it's about getting catapulted into stardom or anything. But like, you know, I, I think there are certainly a couple bands that uh, where where uh, the the levee could break, if you will, and the, the gates could, you know, mm-hmm. come crashing or open up and. And people could start, uh, more people could start getting interested in this music again. Um, So, like, kind of in conjunction with that, uh, like, uh, punk renaissance bit. uh, Who are some of the newer bands that you find yourself spending a lot of time with, and you think should be on everybody's radar? Okay, Um,
0: for the first part, the punk renaissance. I'm going to be blunt and say no. I don't think there's going to be a punk renaissance, at least in any meaningful way. (laughs) I It didn't happen with Bush. People tried, but like it's just whatever comes next, whatever protest like rebel, like countercultural wave comes next, I think it'll be influenced by punk. But I just I don't think punk itself is ever going to capture like the zeitgeist of the counterculture the way it did in the late 70s and early 80s and even – the way it sort of did again in the 90s with like Rancid and Offspring and all that. And I just. Yeah, I would,
1: I would even say, yeah, for sure. The
0: 90s. Yeah. Like, I just, I don't see, like, there's, I think there's always gonna be punk and there's always gonna be good bands making punk music. I just don't think it's gonna be ever. I hope I'm wrong, but I just don't think it's ever gonna be like it was before. Like, I don't think there's gonna be another Renaissance. <laughs> Right, Sorry. which were which were all
1: before our time, so it's like
0: yeah, yeah. Is that it's kind of sad exist like, in this world with... like there are like there is stuff going on now that is punk influence, but I just don't like I just one thing that's so important to punk and like the way punk took off was like its accessibility, and I just don't know if punk's accessible to a lot of kids these days like it used to be, like. I just, I don't, I like, coming from my, like, s- short experience as, like, a middle school teacher, like, everything's so homogenized and kids are all getting the same stuff through social media. Like, there's so much, uh, there's so much opportunity for them to discover stuff, but they don't really go out and look for it. They just listen to, like, whatever is trending, basically. So, like, whatever gets, whatever gets viral and gets trending or is popular, that's what they gravitate to. And that's what, the way it's always been for the most part, but, like... Kids like us, when we were in high school, we would, like, search out music, but that's only one part of it. Like, we liked it, but then we had shows we could go to. We could go see a band on a matinee on a weekend, or we could go to an all-ages show. But, like, all-ages shows, like, barely ever happen anymore. There's no spaces, at least in Ottawa and a lot of other cities, for the all-ages show to bring in kids to get them interested in punk. Like So that accessibility where, like, a kid can go and listen, go catch a show doesn't really exist anymore like you can't go to a legion and see a show on a saturday night or something or like a saturday afternoon very true and i think that's just there's all these different uh facets of like what you need to like really capture like a large portion of younger kids and another thing that doesn't really get talked about that i've seen other people talk about that know way more about it than me Is like the issue of all these big media companies like iHeartRadio buying up all the radio stations. So they're all playing the same things. And iHeartRadio is deciding what everybody's listening to, basically. There's no, like, DJs don't really curate their playlists themselves anymore. They get it from a directive up top. Like, this is what we're playing. You talk for a few seconds here. Right. So, like, shows like... uh, and you're going to play this song again. (laughs) Yeah. So stuff like... uh, Oh, my God, I'm blanking on his name. Roddy Bingenheimer, like, like he had his show, and he he broke a ton of bands. Like, he played Nirvana first. He played, like, uh, he played the uh, the Runaways first. He played all these bands on his radio show back in L.A. in the day. But, like, there's, and uh, the guy for the BBC, he still does that. What's his name? Oh, my God. There's a the oh, guy for the BBC, who um, does. Jesus. He does that, but he has the pull to do that. Most people don't have the pull to be doing that. So that's why you get like the same radio station. Right. These radio stations in all these different cities all playing the exact same playlist because like the corporate takeover of
1: radio. Oh, it's crazy! I, like at one of the restaurants I used to work at, you know, we'd we'd kind of just cycle through like three radio stations kind of throughout the day, and, and it was and, the same twenty-five songs all freaking day long. And if I if you know I if I never heard an Ariana Grande song again, <laughs> I'd yeah I'd be quite all right. You know, I'd, I'd survive pretty well.
0: Yeah, like, the the place I used to work, it had, like, a satellite radio station that was, like, specifically for retail. It was, like, this is our retail, like, satellite radio station, and it just played, like, top whatever hits over and over.
1: Just Hootie and the Bloodfish all day long.
0: (laughs) But, uh, (laughs) yeah, I think it's it's also a weird side note to this. It's, like, I'm super into guitars and guitar building and stuff, and apparently, like, guitar sales have never been better. But I'm just like, where's all the good guitar music? Huh. Right. It's interesting. I mean, right. it
1: makes sense because people have certainly had the time in the last year yeah. to jump onto the, yeah. you know, so, picking up something. New, maybe this is going to I mean, like, that's what.
0: Yeah. Maybe this will lead to all the people who are buying guitars right now. They might never do anything with them, but maybe their kids are going to, like, pick up that guitar one day and just start going to town on it. And, like, that'll, you know, lead to something. But stick, yeah. So stick to the man. I don't want to be negative and, like, stay on this train of thought because there are a lot of good bands and newer bands out there right. that should be on everybody's radar. So who are some of your favorites? Uh, some bands that I've discovered recently, or not so recently, but, like, in the last few years that I really love. I love the Chats from Australia. They're hilarious. Uh, their songs, like, Pub Feed and Smoko are so funny like if you if you're into like the toy dolls and that kind of like 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 flick like flip the nose or whatever, like kind of like F you like we're gonna have fun thing, they're a really fun band to check out and they're very like Ramones influenced, very garagey. Uh another band who I just recently discovered, totally different sound sonically, but they're called Slant, and they're from Seoul, South Korea. And they're like super aggro 80s hardcore style. Like I, their whole demo is like six minutes and forty seconds long, and it's like it's really great so those two for sure uh in our kind of genre the like, genres we operate in most like street punk stuff you know them but like legion 76 are one of like my favorite current bands going even though they haven't really done a lot like recently that's because they're doing other things but like they the guys are opening a brewery i mean they've, they've done a lot baby, they just haven't been they're doing, doing things music. not musically. yeah so like they're but they're one of my they're probably my favorite recent like oi band um Pup, the band Pup from Toronto, they're amazing. Uh, They're doing great things and they're blowing up. Uh, Off of their heads, the new Off of Their Heads album is great.
1: Ryan is just such a good songwriter. I feel Mm, like, and he's able to capture just about everything that I feel on a day to day basis. Yes, exactly. And you know, and put Uh, and put it out there, which you know says a lot about how I think and feel. (laughs) But uh, yeah i'm okay i'm okay with that he does it in a very in a very eloquent way i feel like
0: mm-hmm. yeah and i feel like slit my wrist i just listen off with their heads and be like i'm not alone <laughs> <laughs> well that's like uh that was like the lucero
1: joke that dj made that one year yes um, yeah yeah and we saw them a bunch somebody asked what lucero was and, and dj goes well if you want to sit in a dark room and kill yourself
0: well drink, would you say like drink whiskey? You kill yourself or something? Commit suicide? Yeah, drink a bottle of whiskey. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, I just thought of another band, and I they totally just left my brain. Uh, you're having a brain failure. Yeah, there's oh, um, there's a band from Montreal I really love called Boyd's. They're on Stomp Records. Uh, they're great. If it's kind of like it's like punk rock. Like little poppy, a little bit indie influence and indie rock influence they're great uh I'm trying to think of other bands I've listened to or bought albums from recently. There's a lot of good stuff out there. It's just like you gotta you gotta dig for it there, there um, is um stolen wheelchairs like, that's what I was thinking I'm of.
1: at oh that record is absolutely awesome, uh, yes, I got that as part of a a record of the month club I'm in um, hmm. with somebody who hopefully we'll have on the show pretty soon here. Yeah. Um, and, and that's Oscar from far from finished with, uh, yeah. with his kids singing <laughs> and that record when that, when that came in the mail and I put that on for the first time, I, I just, holy shit. This is like one of the best things I've heard in a minute. Yes. Probably since I picked up the, the vis record that came out last year
0: that is a great record too. You can put them in there. Uh our friend uh, Chris Aries, he jived me or hit me, how do you, I don't know. He told me about a band called Live by the Sword that are very good. They're like street oh, punk. Dude, they are awesome. Very Templars influenced, very another unspoken band influenced. Uh but yeah, they're very good. I don't <laughs> know if they're, how new they are, but Okay. They've, they've been around for, the for a couple of years, I think. But yeah. Is that it for interview times? I, I think I think that
1: was I think that was the last question that we had uh, written down there together. It
0: was okay. So and I think that brings us to a segment. I don't know if it's gonna be a news. regular news. Yes, a news segment, a punk news, not dot org, just a punk .org. news segment. <laughs> uh, like I said, I don't know if this is going to be a regular thing, but a bunch of news dropped this week. Most of it is related to the Celtic punk genre, given that March is right around the corner. And I just want to put a disclaimer up. We're not a Celtic punk podcast. We're going to talk about Celtic punk a lot, just because Scott and I are friends because of Dropkick Murphys. And also just because of the timing, our new episode. We're starting this in March. So there's going to be a lot of Celtic punk content in these first few episodes, I think. Uh, But we're not strictly a Celtic punk podcast. I just want to put that out there. Cause I know that like, Catholic punk isn't everybody's tea. So, you know, we're doing every, we're doing other stuff too, but
1: absolutely. All this of other that, things featured here for, sure.
0: yeah. So I'll, I'll read through the news items, Scott, and then I'll get your wonderful commentary as we go. How about that? So Ouch. I'll give you I'm the news right. and, uh, we'll come up with some witty banter as we go. So first news, this could pert- pertain to a later episode. Uh, there is a new Peelers album coming out March 12th on Stomp Records. So the Peelers are a Celtic punk band originally from Glengarry County down the road from me. They are now situated in uh, Montreal. Uh, they, uh, their new record is coming out March 12th. And I totally just blanked on the name because I'm terrible at this. Uh, <laughs> but they have a new single called Prize Fight out right now. And it is awesome. I give it my full endorsement so i'm really interested in seeing uh or listening to the whole album uh i've listened to the peelers for a long time i first encountered them on the shite and onions volume two compilation i think they did the song plastic patty that's what this my introduction and in the time since then i've come to know dave personally and he's a very uh nice guy good friend so go out and check out the new peelers album march 12th i know scott you i had aren't as familiar with them I as had I never am. sat down with them
1: yeah i I had never sat down with them until this morning uh, if i'm being completely honest and uh, <laughs> i gave that the fir- the first thing i heard was that new single prize fight and mm. i i i definitely enjoyed it um i think it's very uh they do a really nice job with it i think it's it sounds awesome i feel like it's definitely a little bit um it's more of a punk song than a celtic yes. song the celtic is still there for sure yeah, I think, um i think there's I'm like a fiddle buried in
0: the mix but i oh sorry i didn't mean to speak over you but there is a fiddle buried in the mix but like yeah it's very punky
1: yeah and and i was definitely into that i didn't really know what to expect when i listened to them i genuinely like when i first turned them on did not even you know when i when i went to listen to their most recent album prior to that uh of which i'm forgetting the title right now uh, but i listened Palace to the whole the thing the this afternoon I was at the whole thing this afternoon while I was walking my dogs and after that song price fight I I didn't expect everything to be so celtic <laughs> and then yeah, I fair, looked back fair. at at like their, their their prior work and I was like oh okay like they do every every traditional yeah. Irish song in the books and and yeah. and that's cool it's cool to hear different bands takes on that so I'm I'm curious to see uh what the rest of it sounds like I'm definitely going to be giving them some more time coming up here
0: yeah, the, uh, I think this is definitely like the punkest song they've ever put out. Uh, they've definitely been on like a trajectory, like getting a bit harder with every release. Uh, I think the album with them I'm most familiar is like Lickerdale, which came out in 2009, I think. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited to hear the rest of that album. Uh, Stomp Records always puts out quality stuff. so uh, And knowing them personally, I just know it's going to be an awesome album. I actually, not to brag, but I might have an advanced copy I'm going to listen to later tonight (laughs) oh oh, listen to this
1: guy big shot over here
0: um okay so that's the first news item second news item uh the real mackenzie's have announced that they are doing a live stream on saturday march 13th at 7 eastern 4 pacific also presented by stomp records and something called big bill i don't know what big bill is but it is coming live from the legendary rickshaw theater in vancouver british columbia there was no URL given. I assume it's going to be on their Facebook page or like their YouTube. Just search up Real McKenzie's on uh, Facebook. I'm sure you'll find it, but that's Saturday, March 13th at 7. So we're getting treated to some... If you're looking to see up somebody's
1: kilt for St. Patrick's Day, this is mm. where you want to go.
0: I was going to say, will Paul flash the camera? Because it's not a Real McKenzie show <laughs> until you've seen Paul McKenzie's testicles.
1: It's it's kind of like going to see the dwarves, you know. Except <laughs> at that time we saw the dwarves and it was very right watered down.
0: Yes. Yeah, I was I was pretty drunk for that, so I was sobering up by that point. But yeah, yeah I was yeah. Yeah, like I you hear so many things about the legendary that dwarves, that but that it, show yeah. <laughs> that show wasn't as uh, crazy as <laughs> as I thought it was gonna be. Anyway, moving on. Second item, another live stream, this time from the good people at the dropkick murphys they are putting on a free live stream this Net. one yeah it's the it's on the new album title we'll we'll get to that spoiler um free live stream march 17th uh 7 eastern again for pacific uh this one i is definitely for sure on their youtube and their facebook page uh you can go to dropkickmurphys.com for more info on that and to also they're doing a really cool thing they have like a tip jar and they're giving all the money from the chip jar to the crew putting on the show. So, obviously, with this pandemic, you know, dudes working crew are like out, there, out of luck, basically. It's like shit out of luck. Income's dried up. So, it's really cool of dropkicks. They're not taking any money themselves. It's all 100% going to their crew for putting on the show. Any comments? Definitely really? support those Scott.
1: guys. They're great people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They're great people. Well, I, I can also, say nothing
0: nothing negative about them. I don't know about the putting the on uh oh I'll talk about it right here. <laughs> Dropkick Murphy's new album. Yeah, yeah. coming out April 30th. Uh they also released a new single along with it called uh Middle Finger. Uh you can pre-order that also from dropkickmurphys.com. So if you do the pre-order, uh you can also uh throw a tip to the crew at the same time um the album art was released today it's kind of cool i like that i like that they're going with something outside their usual like aesthetic um but i don't know why like they've never had the dropkick murphys on any of their other albums and now all of a sudden it says the dropkick murphys that's my one well, it's, negative it's thing it's now been them. a quarter of
1: a. Century. <laughs> yeah it's it's now been a quarter of a. Century, yeah so we need to change you know we got to yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah. and so let's, let's go technical on the album cover and let's uh let's add a the to the, t- the our name <laughs>
0: So, um, the new single they released today, Middle Finger, they played it at their last St. Patrick's Day live stream a year ago. Uh, at the time it was titled burn it down or burn it to the ground. Uh, did you listen to the single like the studio version they put out? Uh, I don't, I remember hearing it on the live stream, but
1: I don't, at the time I don't really, I remember being so enamored with, um, with Mick Jones, Nick My Pudding, because that's such a, uh, Mm-hmm. You know, out of left field for for them at this point in their careers that that I remember like all of us being like, holy shit. At that moment that like I almost didn't pay half as much attention to the other new songs.
0: <laughs> yeah. Mick Jones stole my pudding. Definitely like stole the show because you're like, where did this like clash slash like showcase showdown inspired like punk yeah. song come from from Dropkick Murphys when they're like in 2020. But it was great. Right.
1: Like, it, it, I just didn't expect that at all. And, but, I, you uh, know, I guess they they definitely always have some curveballs to throw. <laughs> and so I'm curious to see, uh, see what's, you know, the rest of this record. You know, we've a lot of the singles that they've put out in the last year haven't made it uh, to the record, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I, at least.
0: I think the only ones on there are, like, Smash It Up and I Wish You Were Here. I think. Right. Uh, didn't yeah which is kind of sad because like James Colony's Connolly is a great song but we always knew that one wasn't going to be on the album the and one. we always knew the Bonnie wasn't going to be on the album that was the one
1: right that was the one that I really wish did make the record because you know that that would have fit in on a record that they were yes. putting out 15 years ago
0: yes you oh know? for sure that's like to me that's like uh, a quintessential dropkick song like it's got everything it got the trade-off vocals it's got the guitar it's got uh bagpipes that's like a, a very quintessential uh dropkick murphy song it's
1: yeah it's, it's what you expect to hear when you think of the dropkick murphy mm-hmm.
0: okay so yeah i listened to burn it or i listened to middle finger as it's called now a few times today it's very pogsy, and some people complained about that they're like oh it's just a pogue song but like dropkicks like haven't really done a lot of like super pogsy stuff in the past so it was kind of cool to see them do a song that wouldn't be out of place on like a Pogues album, and yeah, so yeah. I liked it. I thought it was great, and actually and do
1: it in a Pogsy in a Pogues-y way because I feel mm-hmm. like when they when they tackle a Pogues song, which as they've done in the past, they do yes. it in a in a in a very different manner every time. Yes,
0: yeah, and the thing with Dropkicks, I think they're one of the few bands who still every the songs need to be listened to in the context of the entire album i find their albums are put together in a very deliberate way i've talked with ken about that before how they spend so much time like with the uh, track sequencing so i feel like hearing their hearing songs out of sequence as a single with dropkicks like you don't really get the whole story you know what i mean yeah i think you definitely
1: i think you definitely have to listen to the the record as it comes i i feel like uh You know, the iTunes experience of the last 13 years has soured a lot of people on that experience. And uh, Mm -hmm. I I think, you know, I'm definitely plenty guilty of just making a playlist of whatever the hell I want and listening to it. But I but I feel like when you sit down and you listen to a full record in the way that the artist intends it to be listened to, you're really doing yourself a a favor. Uh, That's that's how they want you to hear it. They don't want you to pay 99 cents on Apple Music since it's not iTunes anymore and just get the the lead single and that's it. Like you got to yeah. you got to give the full thing and the exp- you got to have the full experience, you know. And there's something to be said, you know, even in 2020 like I think having the experience of buying a record, pulling out the liner notes, checking all that out while you're giving it mm. a first listen, it's a very uh it's a very personal experience and I feel like that's how you should fucking do it, people. Just buy the yes. fucking record and listen to it the
0: right way <laughs> I am very much still a an album is a book and each song a chapter kind of person. I I guess I call it Absolutely. deep listening. To me, it's just like listening where you like sit down with the liner notes and read them while you listen. Like I do that with not every band, but like my like favorite bands, so if they put out something new. I like I did it with the new Off With Their Heads album. I just laid down, threw the record on and listened to like read the liner notes. Same with the new pup album, like that's how you get the experience. Absolutely, the I, I think. so. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, every time I buy last...
1: a new record, I have to do that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So the the, the last news item is also a live stream, also from a Celtic punk band, a legendary Celtic punk band at the same level of Dropkick Murphys, I would say, and that is Flogging Molly is also doing a live stream, also on March seventeenth. This one at 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific. So you could have a pretty jam-packed St. Patrick's Day of live streams. The only difference with this one is it's a ticketed event that you have to pay for. So if you want tickets to watch the live stream, they're selling them at FlogginMolly.com. So I honestly don't know if I'm going to pay to watch this live stream. I'm just putting that out there. Nothing against the band. I love seeing them live, but I don't know if I want to pay to watch a live stream.
1: <laughs> I I totally understand that. Yeah. I think uh I haven't spent a lot of time with them in the last uh however many years, but I I feel like if their their live set is still as within a mile of home and pre heavy as it used to be, uh <laughs> it'll be a fantastic yeah. set. I I genuinely don't even know what they sound like anymore. So,
0: um the new album Life is Good is really good. It's uh definitely a bit more back to form compared to uh Speed of Darkness. Uh Speed of Darkness has grown on me over the years, but it's still, like, my least favorite. And the last time I saw them was, like, four years ago, I think, five years ago. Uh, the new album, Life is Good, wasn't out, but Speed of Darkness was out, and they only played, like, one Speed of Darkness song. It was all, like, with, within a mile of home and uh, earlier. But their live shows are still so good. Like, they're nice. still one of my favorite live bands to see. Yeah. They were
1: always a great live band. I, haven't, I don't think I've seen them since probably 2010, maybe like at absolutely most recent.
0: Yes. It's been a while. But I do yeah, remember like, uh, them always yeah. being a very fun band. And I love Dave's lyrics. Like uh, he's a very good lyricist. I just, yeah, it's nothing even personal. I'm just cheap and I don't want to pay to see live stream. <laughs> 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 like.
1: Yeah, I, I, I totally get it. It's not, it, you know, it's just not the same experience when it comes down to it Just being there. Uh, you know, not even necessarily being in the front row, but just being in the crowd, being with everybody yeah. and having that communal experience. I feel like uh, that's such a big part of the music and you you definitely lose that element with the live streams. And I, I paid for the four bad religion ones that happened back in December and they were all oh. all great. they were all awesome. Like every single one was an awesome performance. They had awesome song selections, but but like there, you just feel like there's something missing.
0: Yes, for sure. And, like, it's really, like, like we're getting to the point. Like, beggars can't be choosers. Like, we can't have shows, and now we're complaining about live streams. Like, maybe we need to get over ourselves. Right. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's – there's definitely something missing. Like, especially with, like, punk and, like, punk-related genres, like, the crowd is such a huge part of it. Like, the bands, like, they – absolutely draw so much energy off the crowd like when they're playing to an empty studio like it's not even the same for them and you can tell sometimes like it's just the energy is oh absolutely
1: it's way it's way closer. like i i'd almost in in some of the cases like you know i i i think i've, I've watched a few of them and like uh Oops. the suicide machines one that they did on halloween was really cool i thought the bad religion one sounded awesome um dropkick of fenway was neat for its own reasons obviously that was cool. that's just kind of a that was just a cool thing, but um, it's cool. It's cool that they I, did that one. That like, way. Sorry, yeah, for sure. And I and I feel like um, t- to a point though, I'd almost just rather watch a band play in their practice space, like
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, like, than a, like, like, a, like a set up a full
0: thing.
1: yeah. Like I I I think that would at least like give you like a little bit more of a personal level than like. Mm-hmm than like, oh, we're going to play to a big empty venue and you're going to know it's a
0: big empty venue. Mm. Um, uh, that's it for the news. That's I it guess for the outline, pretty much. I,
1: I Yeah. I mean, I, get, I guess like the other thing right now is there's so many shows that are planning to go ahead of schedule like Punk Rock oh, Bowling yeah. has announced everything mm-hmm. again and, and for the fall and Riot Fest, as far as I know, is still planning to be full mm. steam ahead and... And, uh, you know, I'm really curious to see if, if they end up happening. Um, I have Me a punk too. rock bowling ticket. Uh, I've, uh, I'm, I'm definitely on the, uh, get it refunded fence right now. Uh, because I feel like part of the allure with that festival is all of the international bands of which now there are none on the bill, but again, yeah. beggars can't be shooters, I I guess right now. And I would. I would definitely go see 99% of those bands were they to play in Burlington tomorrow and it was safe. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah.
0: I uh I'm heavily debating getting a ride fest ticket. And it's because I want to see my chemical romance. Is that the end of the podcast? Because I had made it. Hey Brendan. <laughs> hey, hey Brendan, uh, how are you? Yeah. Well, I mean, Brendan has taste, man. So uh but I'm worried because like <laughs> the for me the international travel is like another aspect to it so like i don't want to get a ticket and well like, yeah you know, don't even
1: know, you don't even know if you'll be able yeah. to get over the border
0: yeah so but anyway yeah i guess we could have included that in the news section ride fest announced like today or yesterday that they're going forward and they announced like the first round of bands so i'm like oh do i get a cheap ticket oh, i haven't even seen yeah they uh i haven't they even f- seen that yet yeah, they announced like the first batch of bands as well. Some good stuff on there. Pup's on there. Somehow, Toots and the Maytals are on there. But like, huh? He died. Yeah, that's. I don't know. Yeah, like a less than a year ago. Yeah, I don't know. Wow. I mean, okay. Uh, I don't, so, I, I'm
1: curious about that. I,
0: me too. Anyway. That is the end of the news segment. That is the end of the episode, I believe, because now I have my conclusion in the outline. So, uh I'll read the conclusion in my best radio caster voice. That uh yeah. Scott, do you want to read like the sec- the middle paragraph and I'll read like the other two? Is that a good way to do it? Yeah, I'll I'll read the uh, I'll read the the short the short one there. Of okay. course. So, we'd like to thank say thank you I already screwed it up. We'd like to say thank you to everyone for listening to the inaugural episode of Ramble and Roll, a punk rock podcast. We are excited to see where it goes. Uh, We're even more excited to have you all along on the journey. So like we said, um, interviews planned, other stuff planned, it's all in the early stages now, but we'll see where it takes us and have some fun. Oh, I just said what you're supposed to say. You say the last part. That's, that's okay. We'll be back next
1: week with another episode. I mean, our it'll be our first official one. This is just kind of, again, like our get-to-know-you. Uh, we don't know what we're going to be talking about yet, I don't think. The guest could be anybody. It could be anybody. We might have Glenn Danzig. We're not going to have Glenn Danzig next week, trust me, people. <laughs> um, we don't know. But, you know, these things can change at a moment's notice. It's a drop of a hat. Um, you know, if you had a hat when you came in and... Yeah, <laughs> you'll have a hat um, when you go out. Yeah, um, so we'll we'll see what happens next week, but we're trying to do this uh, on Wednesday, seven o'clock. So it'll be same place, same time. We'll be streaming through M- Michael's Twitch here, and uh, and I believe, I mean, are we going to have uh, episodes available for post viewing somewhere, Mike? I believe we yes. are. Yes.
0: Yes. So uh, the plan now is. They'll at least be on YouTube and I'm looking into like the distribution, how you do it for like iTunes and Spotify and stuff. I'd like to get it out on all like those platforms, but uh, I'll figure that out. So this should be up on YouTube by Friday, the 26th of February, 2021. Perfect. And if you're not watching this t- on YouTube, not 2022, no, if you're watching this on YouTube, hello from the past. <laughs> So, yeah, that's it. All I'm right. Thanks for listening. I, I am Mike F. He is Scott Richter. Uh, do you have any social medias to plug? Mine are on the screen, Scott. I didn't make yours. I forgot. So uh, you can follow me on Twitter at MikeF613 or Instagram at MikeF613. Uh, we do have a Twitter. I didn't make a graphic for that yet, but it's uh, just Ramble and Roll on Twitter.
1: Perfect. And I think we'll have an Instagram up pretty soon. I'm mm-hmm. pretty easy to find. I'm I'm just such a dangerous. Such a dangerous everywhere. Instagram, <laughs> Twitter, you name it. I'm just such a dangerous, such a dangerous what? Who
0: knows? Have to ask brain failure. But thank
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much, everybody. If there's anybody still tuned in that has listened to all, you know, uh let's see, a hundred and one minutes of this so far
0: troopers okay that is it for tonight uh we'll be back on wednesday have a good night everybody uh we'll see you uh oh my god i'm so bad at this we'll get better at this with practice i'm just gonna click and we'll see on the we'll disappear (laughs) get you on the flip side okay it's over (laughs) goodbye what are you still doing here go home it's over Okay, I ended the stream...